The following program is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. The information discussed during this program is not medical advice. Be sure to talk to your medical doctor for information and advice relating to your health. This is Health, Hope, and Inspiration. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Our host is Reverend Percy McRae. Pastor P, as we call him, is Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. Percy, I'm sitting across from the table with you. Always good to be with you. Hey, blessings, my friend, and likewise, it's good to be alive on planet Earth. We have so many friends who listen to this podcast, who subscribe, who catch us on the go, and many new friends who are joining us all the time. We are encouraged as we continue to build this audience, and thank you for all of the responses, comments, and references as we continue to grow and build health, hope, and inspiration. We're grateful. Yeah, it does mean a lot to get a little encouragement once in a while, doesn't it? Well, I appreciate the feedback, particularly positive, good feedback. And so with that being said, thank you for all of your words of encouragement and how uh, this show has been a blessing to you. We love you and we are praying God's best for you as you listen in. All right, let's talk about where we're going today for the next few minutes. Well, we're going to talk to a a very interesting uh, dynamic vocationally of a chaplain who who started out in one world and ended up in another in chaplaincy. And, uh, you know, we're going to find out again how important it is to understand that spiritual support is needed and necessary for people, whether they're in the hospital or out of the hospital. And we're going to talk to a chaplain today who's going to give us some insight. All right. We'll hear that conversation coming up, recorded recently in Phoenix, Arizona. And I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to that. With hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa, Cancer Treatment Centers of America takes an integrative approach to cancer care. They use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support along with pastoral care pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored for each patient's specific needs. Just visit our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com, and click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America or contact one of their friendly oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options by simply calling 866-712-HOPE, 866-712-HOPE. Cancer Treatment Centers of America uses state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. You can learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Well, just before we hear from our guests today, let's open the scriptures and see where we're uh, where that ties in with what we're talking about. Well, our foundation today, scripturally, and our spiritual nugget is found in Colossians, the third chapter, and it's an exhortation, verse 16, that says this, Let the word of Christ dwell richly among you, and dare I say in you, in all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another through psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And the, and the top portion of the scripture is going to be very useful with regard to the disposition and the attitude and the aptitude of the person that we're going to speak to today, who basically went from, again, um, the boardroom yeah. uh, to the bedside with chaplaincy today and allowing the word of Christ to dwell in him richly so that he could admonish and teach and encourage people through the word of God. 
God. Just one more thing. Don't forget our free resource, which is always available to you each week. This week, it's Ways to Respond to Cancer Patients. You can download this resource right now at our website. No limitation on how many copies you download or mm-hmm. how you use it, but just take it and use it to your best advantage. That's Ways right. to Respond to Cancer Patients at healthhopeandinspiration.com. And here's our host, Percy McCray, in a conversation recorded in Phoenix. With me today is Reverend Bob Bethke, who is a chaplain at Cancer Treatment Centers of America, Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, And today we're going to talk about the work of ministry to cancer patients and uh, ministry in general. And so it's so good to have you with us. Thanks for being on the show today, my friend. Thank you, Percy. I appreciate it. That being said, um, you have been now at the Cancer Treatment Centers of America for almost a year now. Almost a year. Almost a year. Okay, as a bedside chaplain. But prior to coming to CTCA, you've been in chaplaincy close to eight years now altogether. Yes, that's right. And uh, I, I found it interesting and ironic, as we were chatting just before we recorded the show, um, that you actually worked in chaplaincy kind of out in the uh, corporate world, in the workplace. Let's talk a little bit about some of the things that you've done outside of healthcare with respect to the role of chaplaincy. All right, all right. It's uh, actually pretty much the same. We, we have uh, clients or patients, but they're basically people who are at work in the factory setting or at a corporate setting. And uh, so we do the same thing with them as we do uh, here, you know, taking care of our patients, finding out what's going on with them, coming alongside of them, and uh, just ministering to them as best we can. But the key difference, obviously, is that the, the, the bulk of that population is not dealing with the effects of cancer, per se. That's right. It wouldn't be cancer, per se, but it has to do with their life events. Right. Crisis, whatever it might be, okay. good things, celebrations, so forth. So you transition, you moved away from that setting into a specific healthcare setting, and I'm driving a bus down a certain road here specifically, uh, and not only just a healthcare setting, but specifically a cancer environment. Let's talk about the unique dynamics and challenges of being a chaplain in a cancer setting in a healthcare environment. Yeah, I think with uh, with cancer, the cancer setting, that uh, we have a lot more freedom to deal with the spiritual elements than I had, for example, in the workplace. Hmm. Uh, I was able to uh, address issues as people invited me, but here with the cancer uh, treatment center, we we're a lot more more focused on what they're going through here. Uh, it also includes dealing with their family issues because mm-hmm. that obviously is a part of their cancer treatment. Is right. how are we dealing with ha- with uh, family? How are we dealing with everything else? So uh, we do we do that as well. So uh, as you highlight the freedom, more freedom to kind of dig into the spiritual uh, dynamics of 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 this population, is that more because of organizational philosophy versus where you were versus where you are? Or is that based upon the dynamic of cancer as the focus of of the challenges versus in the workplace? You may obviously have spoken with individuals who may have been dealing with cancer, but then you are dealing with other issues and dynamics as well. What what ga- what gives you more freedom to do that in this environment? Is it just the organizational philosophy per se? It, it, perhaps it is, but uh, what happens here is the hospital. We're dealing with cancer, but uh, other elements that help us in treating. So we have the medical side of cancer treatment. We also have the spiritual side. So it's an automatic 
uh, open door for us to be able to share spiritually or to help our patients move through the spiritual development of their lives. Uh, how are they handling uh, the spiritual elements? How are they uh, uh, moving through that? How are they using that in uh, treatment uh, that comes alongside the medical field? Well, and of course, I'm biased to this conversation. You know, I, I, I worked bedside chaplaincy at this organization for 18 years. So I think I have a sense of what um, those dynamics are. But I'd like to hear you kind of unpack, if you will, a little bit. What are some of the dynamics that cancer patients and their caregivers uh, are dealing with from a spiritual perspective? And why do you think it's important to have those dynamics addressed and supported within the clinical environment of treatment? Yeah, within the clinical environment, uh, we, we understand that there are, uh, there's that spiritual dimension that enables a, a patient to come, gri- come to grips with God. And uh, a lot of times they have a spiritual background, they have a religious background, mm-hmm. but all of a sudden God becomes real to them because they're going through an experience where they need God. Yeah. In a, in a more drastic way well, and a dramatic forced, way. They're forced to think about mortality, death, and dying, for one. That's right. That's right. And how are they going to handle treatment? We need to have uh, the right kind of uh, attitude, the right kind of uh, disposition. Uh, we need to have the right kind of a spirituality. If a healthy spirituality you know, just goes along with an, enabling their medical treatment to go well. Let's talk about spiritual support for caregivers. How important is that? What does that mean? Give us some sense of, from your experience at the bedside, uh, some dynamics of how spiritual support becomes vital for caregivers and caregiving to cancer patients. Well, sizing up where they're at is uh, is good. Listening uh, to what they're what they're what's on their mind then, mm-hmm. what's going on, because every day can be different for them. Sure, uh, a lot of time just addressing uh, how are you doing, what's going on with you, uh, how's your faith walk. Yep. Uh, what does that look like for you? Where are you facing problems with that? Uh, so they begin usually to open up and share if they're feeling up to it. And then uh, from then on, they're eager uh, to have me pray. So uh, they want to engage in prayer. They want to engage in uh, discussion about how they can be healthier spiritually so that they can better engage their medical treatment. And so to that point, um, have you noticed and experienced caregivers because I think a lot of people still are not clued in to the stressors that caregivers are experiencing mentally, emotionally, physically, and certainly spiritually, uh, that they feel that they have an advocate, someone that then can help empower them in their role as a caregiver. And in some cases, have a confidant of someone that they can speak to. Sometimes caregivers uh, don't necessarily feel confident that they can share what some of their own issues are in lieu of the dynamic of being a caregiver. Uh, as one example, I, I can recall a, a caregiver who who sat in my office one day and told me that they, they just didn't think that they could handle this and they didn't sign up for this. And it's not that they didn't love or care for the, the person that was dealing with cancer. They just simply did not feel equipped to be able to manage being a caregiver and was struggling and needed to express that to someone. Let's talk about that exchange of the role of the chaplain, a la pastor, in an environment of clinical care with a caregiver, trust, engagement, and interaction. Quite often, uh, we talk with our caregivers uh, even separately. Yep. So we can meet with them in the room, and they they get everything that we share with the patient. Sure. And so uh, a lot of times in the hallway, 
we may stop them. They may stop us. Yeah. And we'll talk and share. And they do have issues. Uh, they're taking care of somebody else. They need uh, self-care. Correct. And figuring out how to, how do we do self-care as a caregiver. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we, we do with that uh, quite a bit. I'm interested in, um, have you by chance personally ever uh, been impacted by cancer, a family member, a loved one, family friend? My daughter is a two-time survivor of breast cancer. Oh, and uh, so she's uh, she's my uh, my golden child, and quite often I will uh, use well, not quite often, but at times I use her as an example. Of, okay. Yeah, you can make it. Uh, don't give up hope. Uh, just because you have cancer a second time does not mean that you're defeated. So. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about this, Dad. Let's talk about this caregiver. Let's take your chaplain's hat off for a second. How challenging, difficult, stressful was it for you to walk the path of being a caregiver for your daughter who a uh, two-time breast cancer patient? Let's talk about some of the dynamics from that perspective. Well, it, uh, it was very difficult because she was in a different city uh, from where I so uh, I didn't get to see her all the time. Okay. But uh, my wife was there to take care of her and to take her sure. through her treatments and so forth. Yeah, uh, But we had good conversations, and we... Uh, you know, I was just so proud of her because of her spiritual dynamics. Mm. She stayed positive, hopeful, and uh, had a lot of prayer support you know, through that entire time. Uh, I was glad when I was able to just get her on the phone, talk, see how yeah. she was doing. Now, so we're talking. The, this show uh, reaches at the at the time of this recording about one hundred and seventy seven thousand subscribers. This is a faith based audience that's listening to this podcast, so we don't have to tiptoe around the two lips. Let's talk about, let's dig in a little bit around some specifics with regard to, we've been using the general term spiritual, spiritual support, spiritual dynamics. I'd like to hear you dig into what are some of the specifics of spiritual dynamics that you have found to be important and necessary for cancer patients or their caregivers in the midst of a cancer journey? A lot of times I'll ask a patient, What's God saying to you right now? Okay. And uh, sometimes it takes them back, but sometimes they have a ready answer. They said, this is what God's saying. Mm. Uh, the perspective of life changes so dramatically for these people. And and it's coming because the things that were important are no longer important. Sure. The things they ignored are now uh, the things that matter most. Priority so shift. They, they, are, uh, they are eager to have any kind of uh, support and encouragement from the chaplain that would have to do with how they can uh, improve uh, their, their time spent uh, with God. Uh, they they want to learn how to pray better. They want to uh, encourage more people as well in their walk. And that's what I find is very satisfying for our patients spiritually is sure. that they realize all of a sudden they have a ministry to other cancer patients uh -huh. Interesting. that they never thought of uh, before. Have you ever had to uh, address or deal with the dynamic of a cancer patient or a caregiver trying to answer the question of did sin in my life uh, cause me to have cancer or am I being punished by God or why me? Uh, let's ask a hard question. Let me ask you something hard now, real tough. <laughs> the why me is interesting. My daughter once uh, told me that when, uh, when her daughter asked her, well, why you, Mom? And she said, well, why not me? Why am I so different that yeah. I can't uh, go through this like so many other people? Sure. Uh, but there are people that, that really struggle with uh, being able to uh, figure out what it is. Uh, the sin issue is, is uh, doesn't come up very often, but when it does, uh, we deal with it okay. because uh, you know God didn't uh, is not punishing him, and that's a that's a huge 
issue for so many people. It is. With that being said, um, as you move along and without uh, obviously sharing any uh, personal health information or identification of a particular patient, is there any one particular occasion that you've provided bits at chaplain, see, at ministry that you went home and said, wow, I really saw God move today in this situation or with this particular person that you'd be willing to share. Someone's listening to this show, possibly on the brink of, hey, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if God is there. Let's encourage somebody with a with a real, I mean, all of our moments are God moments, obviously, and some are greater and lesser and sometimes more subtle, but is there any particular one story or scenario, uh, no names, no particular identification information that, that you can share that, man, I saw God do an amazing thing today or move in an amazing way with this particular patient? Yeah, there was one uh, lady I'm thinking of amongst many others, but that this one, she... Uh, uh, was in pre-op and I went down. We talked a little bit. She said she was nervous and a little anxious, so we prayed about that yeah. and asked that God would just uh, give her peace and assurance of His presence and so forth. And and uh, she went into surgery. She came back two weeks later. She said the doctor just uh, told me he couldn't find anything. He hmm. said that uh, you, you prayed and he answered our prayer. Hmm. And I thought, wow, that's that's pretty remarkable. Wow. <laughs> she said I went in there with peace and came out with peace. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so she was just uh, elated that God had done that for her. Praise God. Last question of the day. What is the one thing that gives you hope? What gives you hope, Reverend, Pastor, Bob, Bethke, Dad, Chaplain, Family Man? What gives you hope? What's one thing that gives you hope? I think for me, uh, each day when I come in and uh, and I um, I've spent time with the Lord every day, as I'm driving to work, I'll say, God, walk in these shoes, walk in this body, walk in this mind and soul, uh, because I don't know what I'm going to say today to mm. anybody that comes up to me except, hi, how are you doing? And so uh, that's my hope, is that, that through that day, God is going to use me God, to say something, and quite often it's spontaneous. I don't know what I'm going to say yeah. or what I'm going to do, but yeah. just to be there and hear what they have to say and uh, be a blessing to them. You've just heard today from Reverend Robert Bethke, chaplain uh, at Cancer Treatment Centers of America, Phoenix, Arizona, who is providing uh, spiritual support and hope to patients from all across uh, the region here today. We thank you for your ministry. We thank you for your commitment. And may the Lord continue to use you just exactly as you stated to be uh, a clean slate uh, to blow the breath of life upon those that you come in contact with you. Thank you for being on Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Thank you. I appreciate it very much. More with our host, Percy McCray, in just a moment. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. They treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com and click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America or contact one of their friendly oncology information specialists about questions you may have. You can call... 866-712-HOPE, 866-712-HOPE. Cancer Treatment Centers of America uses state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Percy, i got to tell you, I am continually impressed with the people that are in places serving other people at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. Well, I'm here to impress you, my friend. But no, <laughs> on a serious note, at the end of the day, you know, we we do uh, our due diligence 
to really speak to quality people that will really have a relevant uh, conversation and organic and authentic to the continuum of discussion around cancer that is meaty and weighty uh, that will make a difference in the lives of those who hear those interviews. And so we're grateful for every person that yeah. we have opportunity uh, to speak I could to. tell a lot about his bedside manner just by listening to uh, Robert's voice today. Well, calm, relaxed, very settled. And it would only uh, make sense, of course, our title today is, you know, um, dealing with the dynamic of from the boardroom to the bed so that I could see kind of that very kind of corporate kind of button up dynamic Uh about him in his voice uh, that he started out, of course, as as being a chaplain in a business environment. And I think it's interesting to note that a lot of people may not be aware of the fact that chaplaincy is now a growing vocation in a business setting. The marketplace chaplains. Absolutely. And again, given the fact, I think, of the current uh, dynamics of, of our social structure of the day, uh, people at work need to be supported and, 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 and enhanced from a support perspective because people go to work very stressed. They have issues that they're dealing with, whether you know, it be personal, financial, family, or what have you. And so he, he, he started out in that environment with his chaplaincy and from a vocational perspective and then shifted gears and moved into hospital health care chaplaincy and, and talked about that dynamic. So I found him to be very intriguing and interesting in that regard. Yes, and I was very impressed when he talked about how important it is to listen. Listen to what the patient's saying. You don't march in there with answers into the hospital room, do you? You really do not. And again, this is one of the very subtle but major differences of ministry application from a parish-based ministry perspective to a healthcare ministry perspective. We think about ministry and, and preaching and teaching, and I know I'm, I'm cut from that piece of cloth as well. You put a microphone in front of me, and I can do this all <laughs> day. Uh, and one of the lessons that I learned the hard way is, you know, when I first started out at Bedside Ministry is that what patients do not necessarily need or want is long, loud prayers or sermons at the bedside. They don't feel well. Uh, they're in pain in many cases. In some cases, they're lethargic. They're in and out. They're tired. They're sleepy. Uh, the greatest gift that anyone brings to bedside ministry and chaplaincy is the ability and the gift to listen mm-hmm. and understand and hear the story of the person who sits in front of you and give them permission to tell that story. Yeah, and I think uh, he he talked about the fact that caregivers need to be listened to as well and need support as well. Now, we've talked about supporting caregivers a lot in this program. Indeed. But I hadn't thought about it in terms of the hospital chaplain being able to listen and make himself available, himself or herself available. Well, one of the distinctions that he made, and he's exactly right, he's, this, this is a good chaplain, he's well-trained, is that in many cases, and I've, I've done this, there are times that actually you need to possibly separate the caregiver from the patient and allow them uh, to, to decompress mm-hmm. and to have opportunity of some one-on-one. It's interesting, Wayne, that I have found in some cases uh, caregivers will not be honest or frank or open in the presence of, of the patient. Isn't that, that interesting? Very much so. Okay. Very much so for many different reasons. They're concerned that they don't want the patient to hear yeah. that they're struggling. Yeah, they want to protect them. That is they? correct. Yeah. But in some cases, I have found uh, that the uh, patient who may be the more dominant 
uh, member of the relationship who who tends to kind of control the narrative and in some cases may intimidate the other the uh, the person that's their caregiver. They in some cases may be a little bit afraid to express some things in front of that patient. So they need some privacy or their own time so that they then can be ministered to and allowed uh, to have expression and freedom of thought in a way that they can that that they feel that what they share can be trusted and not you know passed along. Yeah, because relational issues perhaps pre pre existed the the cancer diagnosis. And so we got all this layered on top of everything else. In so many cases, all of that, I often say this, and I've said it here on the show, cancer patients just do not have cancer. Uh, They have comorbidities. They have other social relational dynamics and issues. And all of that gets brought into the cancer environment from a treatment perspective. And that's why ministry uh, to cancer patients and their caregivers, you really have to be very acutely aware of all of the moving pieces and dynamics around you. I often use the expression, uh, you have to discern when you walk into a room where there's a lot of family members with the cancer patient, you have to figure out who's who in the zoo. Mm. <laughs> you know, who am I talking to? What are the dynamics? Because you, you can easily step on a landmine. Mm-hmm. You can easily cross over lines that you shouldn't Takes cross. great sensitivity. So you have to be very mindful and you have to really... Uh, uh, you have to uh, measure the room and figure out what are all of those moving dynamics. And in many cases, you may need to uh, pull the caregiver out and have some one-on-one time with them. And so they need ministry, too. And as we've talked about, caregivers are important to that process. And they're eager for that support, he said. They want it. They need it. And you would be surprised how often they will ask for it. Hmm. We have a resource that we want to put into your hands, Ways to Respond to Cancer Patients. We offer these resources free of charge. We just want to be helpful where we can. And these are so informational. Uh, Percy, very often you put these together with help from others, but thanks for doing this. Uh, You want to say a word about ways to respond to cancer patients? Yeah, well, when we talk about responding to cancer patients, we need to understand that there, again, is nuance and subtleties and things that we should be sensitive to and cognizant about. So first and foremost, we need to understand that we need to respond from our heart. We shouldn't be trite and just make up things off the top of our head or say things that we heard someone on TV say. We need to be dependable. Uh, We need to show uh, our strength when it's appropriate, but we also need to respect their privacy. Uh, We need to give um, ourselves and those individuals that's sitting in front of us grace. There are some unique nuanced dynamics in this uh, document will help kind of unpack some of those areas that I just highlighted very quickly. Again, there is a art and a science uh, to supporting cancer patients. As I have learned, there is to anything that you do in life that you want to do well. And so with that being said, if we're going to really be uh, successful at supporting cancer patients, let's learn a few steps and some nuances that will allow us to do that very well and give us some acumen that will allow us to be effective. This document will empower people to do just that. Use our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com. Download this resource and others that you find there, Ways to Respond to Cancer Patients, available at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Can we talk about how our listeners can help this podcast? Well, at the end of the day, ultimately, first and foremost, subscribe to the show, receive the show. It's all free of charge, obviously. And then from there, we would ask that you would go to iTunes or any of the other social uh, platforms and and give us a review and, and provide some commentary 
of what the show has meant to you and for you. And as I like to leave this visual, leave some breadcrumbs for somebody to follow behind Uh you who may be in the wilderness, in the woods, lost, looking for direction. Uh, We would like to believe and hope that, again, with recommendations from others, that this could lead them to a place of inspiration, hope, and encouragement as they continue to walk and fight the good fight of faith. And of course, with so many people listening now, I'm sure there's lots of ideas of topics that we've not touched on that perhaps they want to suggest to us. And potentially, we are certainly open to hearing that from uh, our audience as well. So again, be kind, be gracious. (laughs) But at the end of the day, certainly feel free to share topical uh, subjects that you think that you'd like to hear. And we'll do our very best to try to see if we can cover that information in a very respective and responsible way. It all starts at Health, Hope, and Inspiration. And for inspiration, we always turn to God's Word. You read it earlier. Read it again for us. Yeah, this scripture now hopefully will make uh, more sense to us as we close. Colossians, the third chapter, verse 16 through—this verse 16. And it basically says, Let the Word of Christ dwell richly among you. What is it that we need to be rich in that's dwelling among us? Not necessarily money, oil, uranium, gold, but it's the Word— of God. Let the word of Christ dwell richly among you in all wisdom, because when we have the word of God, it gives us wisdom to teach and admonishing one another through psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts today. Be rich in the word of God and allow it to create wisdom and the ability to admonish and encourage others as we stand in that marketplace to say that we are serving the people of God. That's Reverend Percy McCray, Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America, and I'm Wayne Shepherd. Thanks for listening. Percy, we'll be back next time. Blessings to you all. Keep chopping the wood. We've You've got been, work to do. You've been listening to Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Health, Hope and Inspiration is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. We treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Our hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa take an integrative approach to cancer care. We use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support, along with past pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored to each patient's specific needs. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. Working together under one roof, our cancer experts use state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com.